welcome back to another Three Rings podcast. As always, we got Aiden and Vinay. Today we got our first guest, uh, Neil. How are we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be here. How about you guys? Hi, I'm excited. You know, free, free agency is underway. <laughs> Happened yesterday. And then uh, Summer League coming up, so I'm hyped for sure. Yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing pretty well. Um, so yeah, we can just dive right into it. We didn't really, uh, touch on the, the draft immediately. We, we kind of waited a little bit until after the draft, a, a few trades, you know, everything, wait till everything goes through. Um, so we got Cade Cunningham. We, we thought we were going to get him. We got him. Didn't trade the, trade the pick for any reason, or, you know, we just stuck with it. Uh, we also got three other dudes in the second round we got uh luca garza isaiah livers and balsa Capra. i don't know yeah. or something <laughs> copravica from florida state um so i mean we t- we touched on kate a lot but either you guys want to talk about any of the second round picks um yeah for sure so with the 42nd pick, you know, Isaiah Livers, he's a solid overall, like a solid pick at 42. Like, I mean, this is be real. Like the second round, you're not, you're going to find a lot of misses and it's like hits, like hitting on a player is like kind of like a, a diamond in the gem. But I think Isaiah Livers is like a solid, a solid pick, especially at 42. It's good value. He was, if you guys watched Michigan, you know, he was like the team leader, team captain. He can shoot, he can defend. He's kind of like an all around player. So I don't I don't think I'm, I'm mad at that pick. I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's that was a solid pick at 42. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, I mean, kind of like you said, I mean, second round picks, you know, if you get a guy that honestly just stays on your roster for four years, that's, you know, that's a win. And I think Isaiah Livers can definitely be that guy. Um, I was kind of surprised, actually, that he went that early. I thought he was going to be late 40s or maybe even early 50s. I do think he's the prototypical, you know, three and D guy that lasts, you know, very long in the NBA. And I mean, shooting has been, as we've seen in the free agency, teams are paying for shooting. So I, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good pickup. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch Michigan as much as either of you guys, but when I, when I watched them, I definitely thought he was the best player on the floor for them. And if you look at the 2019-2020 season when he was healthy, uh he had he had a better he had better shooting than Franz and Franz Wagner was a first round pick pretty much based off being a three and D guy that was six foot ten and could play guard. So I mean that kind of that kind of just shows you a little glimpse of what he could be. And obviously if he's if he's a role player, like you said. That's a that's a win if he's around for the next few years. Um, they did have a pick that they traded, obviously, uh, JT Thor, and then they traded him to Charlotte along with Mason Plumley, um, and then obviously they got Balsa in that pit, in that trade too. What do you think about trading Mason Plumley? Does it does it move the needle at all for you? Okay, so when I first saw that trade, I think everyone was just like pretty shocked. There, 
Because, you know, when you look at it, Mason Plumley and the 37th pick for 57, I think, like, everyone's first initial reaction was just, like, what's happening? It took me about, like, um, 30 seconds to, like, a minute to figure out this was a salary dump, which we'll get into who it was for. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that Mason Plumley's like, value was that low. I know they wanted to dump his salary, but this whole time during the draft, I was thinking we could use Plumley and our 37th pick to move into the first round. So that was kind of uh, surprising to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, for, for what he did, he was good. He was good at uh, center for us, starting center. He did it. He, he played he played up to his contract. I don't think – I know at the beginning of free agency when he signed, everyone was all over the contract. He did what he had to do, pass the ball. But I guess we're moving on, and and now we have a new face, a new center to look forward to, Kelly Olynyk. But, yeah, that was, that was, that was my thoughts. Uh, Neil, what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I was fully shocked by it um, because the fact that Plumlee literally had negative value was really surprising to me because, I mean, you know, when, when they first signed him, I didn't think it was a good signing. I didn't like Plumlee, but honestly, he ended up being a pretty solid role player for us. I mean, like you said, and I, he was a starter um, at the beginning of the season. I mean, I remember there were a few games actually that he had triple doubles, um, and so he was a lot better than I expected. And honestly, I thought kind of like you guys, I thought Weaver was going to trade up into the late first round with those three second round picks that we went into the draft with. And so I was really shocked that one Plumlee had negative value um, and that we trade him and we dropped down 20 picks. And then also we weren't able to move up into the late first round later in the draft too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to think of it. We'll we'll see later. Obviously, I think highly of Isaiah Stewart. If if they did that, um, they also drafted Garza and the other dude. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name right now. But yeah, uh, so they they drafted those two guys after. So they kind of had uh, a plan to go with the center and dump him. Uh, Anything else on the draft uh, for Pistons specifically? Does does Luca Garza move the needle? Like, obviously he was National Player of the Year, but it doesn't really seem like he'll transition into the league just with the the how slow he is and how like not great he is defensively. But he does have some of the modern aspects, such as an outside games, other other things like that. Uh, what what do you guys want to add on, or do you want to talk about the Florida State guy too? Uh, no, for Luca Garza, like that pick, it was pretty probably one of the more polarizing picks. But again, it was at fifty two, so like I'm not sweating it. And Luca Garza does have at least one uh, skill that will translate to the NBA, and that's gonna be scoring. Um, he can score in bunches. Um, we saw it at Iowa. I think at Iowa during Big Ten play, like in the nineteen twenty season, he averaged twenty six points a game. So that's something. Um, but yeah, like you said, the defense and the athleticism is really, it's not, it's not there for Luca Garza and that's kind of concerning. So I do wonder how they put him in the NBA, how, how they use him. Like, are they going to use him maybe for like six to 10 minutes just to get like quick offense off the bench? Because he is going to likely be a liability on defense. But again, I mean, he was the college player of the year. Um, and at 52, like you're not really going to, I mean, at that point, it's really it's a it's a crapshoot. It's already a crapshoot, but at fifty two, it's even a bigger crapshoot. So I'm not too mad at the pick, and and yeah, for sure. What do you, what would you what were your thoughts on the pick, Neil? 
Yeah, I mean, I have no issue with it. Um, I actually thought it was a solid pick. Not necessarily that I like Luca Garza in the NBA. Um, I just think, you know, at 52, especially late second round, I mean, you know, you'll be lucky to get guys that just stay with your roster for over two years. And so I have no issue with it. I mean, they got the NCAA player of the year with that pick. And so, you know, why not? take a chance on him. There's really no risk to it. Cause again, I don't think his contract's even fully guaranteed for four years. Cause that's a second round deal. Um, and who knows? I mean, he has, like you guys said, he's a fantastic scorer. He's a great player out of the post. The athleticism is definitely not there, but I think with a little bit of player development, who knows he can, I, I could see him developing into possibly a backup center and worst case he doesn't, it's just a 52nd pick. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So moving on um, enough about the Pistons. There was a lot of other stuff on draft night. So we're going to talk about some winners and losers, obviously teams like the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Thunder, even the Wizards. They made, they made a ton of trades, uh, some kind of flashy trades too, like Westbrook, obviously, um, the Memphis and New Orleans trade before the draft, including Eric Bledsoe. I mean, who who are the winners um, of this year's draft? You know, I would think – I think Houston, you have to put Houston in that discussion. You know, for four first-round picks, no matter what you think about the players individually, four first-round picks, that's like four darts, you know, and one of them is going to hit. So at number two, they took Jalen Green, who – Although I want to cater over Jalen Green, I, I must admit Jalen Green's going to be a fantastic player in the NBA. I, I can see the scoring potential, and you know there's a reason why people say he may lead the he may lead the league in scoring at one point. So I think Jalen Green's a really good pickup. I think at 16 they took Alfred Shangun, and Shangun's like he's kind of hit or miss. For some people, they have him as high as like three. I've seen him as high as three on boards because analytics really favor him. I mean, he was like the Turkish League MVP at age 18. There's also another MVP who, who was overseas, Luka Doncic. So you can see why, like, the analytics people really love Shangun. And then they picked up uh, two solid players and um, Josh Christopher in Arizona at Arizona State. He had a rough season, but obviously they're buying on this potential that, you know, he can score the ball efficiently. And then Usman Garuba, who's going to be probably one of the better uh, defense, I think probably the best defender in this draft class. You know, the offensive game is not there, but um, he's really good at pick and roll coverage. And in fact, uh, yesterday, the U- United States basketball team was playing Spain. He did a nice block on Jason Tatum. So that's just a little bit of taste of what Garuba is going to bring. But yeah, I would definitely say the Rockets are my big winner. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, I'll go with a different team in a second, but let me just say, I, I'm a huge Jalen Green fan. I mean, I've been saying that for a while now, ever since um, I saw him first play in the G League, um, and actually in general coming out of high school too. Um, because when you look at him, in my opinion, I think his pro comparison has to be Jalen Brown. Um, not just because they have the same first name, but I think he's a much more athletic Jalen Brown. Um, he doesn't play nearly as well defensively but he is just spectacular offensively. I mean, average 18 points a game in the G league, you know, that's a pro league with guys that have been in the NBA for a little bit. And so I thought that was really impressive. He's a great shooter, just an ultra athlete. And so I really like that pick by Houston. Um, I would have actually, I would not have mind minded if Detroit, you know, picked second and got him. Um, 
Yeah, one winner that I had, though, was actually Atlanta. I don't think a lot of people are talking about them, but I loved their draft. I mean, they got Jalen Johnson at 20, who, you know, was a guy from Duke that before the college season started, people were saying he was going to be mid-lottery. I mean, I saw some mock drafts had him at four at one point. Um, he didn't have a great college season. And then, of course, his season ended early because he decided to opt out um, midway through. But I, I love that pick at 20, you know, take a chance with him. Um, I think he has great size. I, I see him being pretty good for in the NBA. And then they managed to get Sharif Cooper late in the second round um, out of Auburn. I thought that was a fantastic pickup, especially because I didn't think he was going to fall that far because um, I think they got him at 48. And I know he didn't play that much at Auburn, but again, I, I really like that pick too. He's a, he's a big time scorer. So yeah, we'll see. How about you, Aiden? Yeah. Um, I think, I think I'm just going to go with the Warriors. That seems like a pretty safe bet. Obviously they just extended Steph today, uh, for another four years and another like 217 mil, um, taking Kuminga, Moses Moody, just, I think we see a similar, uh, or similar trend between the Rockets the Hawks and the Warriors, all team, three teams that we said were winners, that they just took the best guys available. And I think that's really important, especially with teams like the Rockets, um, who just are in a rebuilding stage, and a team like the Hawks, who they have a rising star in Trey Young, and they just need more talent around him to get better and start competing consistently. Um, so, yeah, just the Warriors, they just took – best guys available and they really lucked out getting Minnesota's pick there. Um, losers who are, who are some teams that were some losers in this draft, even, even teams that like lost their picks, like the bulls, like the bulls lost the top 10 pick. They could, they're probably one of my biggest losers of this draft, but who wants to start? No, yeah, no. Uh, I wouldn't like, I never like to use the term loser because like you never know about these players. But I'll say the most surprising pick of like the entire 2021 draft came at number 12 when Josh Primo came, went to the San Antonio Spurs. Um, to be honest, I was looking at Primo like I was literally making a list for like Pistons second round targets and I had Primo on that list at 37 with the idea that, OK, he may be available if we like trade up to 30. So I definitely thought picking him at 12 was Interesting to say the least. Um, the idea from what I've read from like picking him was that he's going to be a lottery pick next year. So you might as well pick him now and bank on his upside. But even then, it just feels like it just feels like a very odd pick. You know, a lot of people had him in the 25s and 30s range and it felt sort of like a reach. I do. I do trust San Antonio with their development. And I think I think it'll be fine. And I don't think like they'll regret taking Primo, but definitely probably one of the more interesting picks for me. And I guess in that way, I could classify them as a loser, but it's a it's a wait and see. What about you, Nick? What would you what were you thinking? Yeah, actually, the Spurs are one of the teams that I was going to say as losers too, because um, I know a lot of people are saying because Primo is the youngest player in the draft. Um, I think he just turned eighteen or something. So I know um, uh, their the Spurs GM was saying actually that taking him now um, is pretty much like taking a guy who's just coming out of high school, and so they see a lot of development left and still left in his game. Um, and I know a lot of people are also saying that he's, he's possibly similar to Devin Booker in that in their playing style a little bit, but also that they're so young out of college, um, and they didn't really play much in college. And so 
basically the Spurs are banking on his development, which I mean, of all franchises to, you know, develop a player, I think the Spurs are that team. The another loser though that I was going to say was actually the Wizards. I did not like the moves that they made. Um, in fact, I think Corey Kispert at 15 that does not move the needle at all for me. Um, I'm not a Corey Kispert fan by any means. Um, I just see him as being a prototypical role player at best in the NBA. And then they took Isaiah Todd at 31 by trading with Milwaukee, I'm pretty sure. Um, And so the issue I have with Washington right now is honestly an issue that I've had with the Pistons for a while up until Troy Weaver's tenure started, which is that they're just stuck in mediocrity right now. And by not really making any big moves, I think they're going to stay there because I don't think with Kispert and Todd, and then I think they're getting Dinwiddie in free agency, which we'll get into later. I don't think they really either go up or go into that rebuilding phase. So I, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of their moves. What did you think, Aiden? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think they, they really need to choose a direction because obviously they traded uh, Russell Westbrook and got they got like Kuzma, Harrell, and like some other – I forgot. Oh, KCP – and then the 22nd pick, and then they immediately traded the 22nd pick away. So I think it was just weird because obviously they were a playing team last year, and they have one really elite player with Bradley Beal, and the rest of their team, besides like Hachimura, are like really unproven or just not like that good. So it, it's just a weird thing. Like you said, they're kind of stuck in mediocrity and like that's just like the that's just like the perfect way to put it you can't really put it any other way um but yeah I again I thought the Bulls lost out on a lot because there were a lot of really good players available at eight and Orlando ended up picking Franz Wagner on that um with that pick uh which I think side note Orlando I think is one another winner just because Jalen Suggs fell to five but I just think there were a lot of dudes at eight that were really, really good that they could have taken. So um, I think they really missed out on that. Obviously, there's some free agency stuff going around with them that we'll get into in a minute. But I do I do want to get into the free agency of the Pistons. So free agency obviously opened up last night at 6 o'clock. And the Pistons no one was really expecting them to make like a ton of big moves or sign any like super, you know, big, big time players end up getting Kelly Olenek, uh, Trey Lyles, and they re-signed Corey Joseph. They let Wayne Ellington go to the Lakers. Um, do you, do you expect them to make any other moves? What do you like about these moves? You know, anything else? Yeah. Uh, like, no, financially speaking, I don't know if they can make any moves. I think they they basically gave up all of their cash space to get Kelly Olenek. Yeah, no, I think like now the main priority is to get Frank Jackson and Hamadou Diallo back. But um, with the Olenek signing, you know, it was a little bit disappointing. You know, when we made like the salary dump, I was uh, I was under the impression you were hearing names like Tim Hardaway Jr. You're hearing Norman Powell, and although you can maybe argue they're fit on the team, you know, I guess when you're expecting that type of player and you get Kelly Olynyk, it's not the, uh, I w- <laughs> it's not the best surprise. But um, Olynyk had a pretty good year um, 
in Houston. He actually really balled out. Now that may have been due to like the Houston Rockets just being a mess of a team last year and tanking, but Olenek was able to shoot the ball. He could do some things uh, off the dribble. He was passing the ball. So I don't really mind it. And actually the really big thing about this contract, which is, which was huge was that the third year is the team option. So it's not really the three years, 37 that was originally reported. It's more so two years, 25 million, because then the Pistons will have the option to decline if they want to move on from Olenek. And then when you look at it from that perspective, it's not the worst, the worst, uh, the worst signing at all. It's definitely, I definitely think Mason Plumlee was a, I guess, quote unquote, worst signing. I mean, Olenek will help uh, space the floor for Cade, for Cade Cunningham, for Killian Hayes. I think uh, Olenek could maybe help Isaiah Stewart out too. You know, maybe they could play in a four or five position. And I think the Pistons are really going to start committing to this um, five out system, you know, because when Andre Drummond was here back in the day, it was always four out, one in. But I think if you can get five shooters on the floor, we saw that in the playoffs with the Clippers and how they exposed the Utah Jazz. I think it's a, it's a move that's well built for the modern NBA. I think Olenek overall was a good signing for sure. I just want to. I would just want to ask this quick question. This, this can go to both of you. Obviously, signing Trey Lyles, um, he's a he's a thirty eight percent three point shooter. Where does that put Seiko? I I have no clue. I think Seiko's in a tough spot right now because, I mean, you know, we brought in Olenek and then um, we're bringing Trey Lyles too. And then obviously Jeremy Grant's also kind of clogged in there in the starting role. So I don't, I don't know what Seku does. I think he, he needs a lot of offseason work, you know, to show improvement to Dwayne Casey to the point of even just cracking the rotation. Uh, because right now I don't think he does that. And I know Dwayne Casey's not a big fan of Seku. It's been kind of obvious with some of the press conferences that he's had. Um, and so I don't know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm worried that Sekou's just going to be not cut this season, but maybe next season, possibly traded if they can get something for him. But yeah, we'll see. What do you think, Vinay? Yeah, just to add on to that, I, I actually have a bold prediction. I do think Sekou is probably going to be off the team and it's not really to a fault of his own. I mean, Troy Weaver came in here and just straight up just blow, blew up the entire team and only left Sekou on that team. So it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Troy Weaver just move on from Seku. And I know the common argument is he's only 20 years old, which is which is absolutely a fair argument. But I think there has to come to a point where you have to at least show some flashes. And I think people, we saw the flashes in the first season when, um, you know, he dunked on Tristan Thompson. He had that eight-game stretch. He, I think he had like 20 points against the, the Celtics. But ever since then, you know, it's just been lacking from Seku. Like this past year was really... I know, like like Neil said, he didn't get the minutes that uh, we we wanted him to. But even towards like the end of the season, like he was playing, he was playing good. And but it wasn't like anything that we haven't seen right now. He's mainly a slasher. The three point ball, the three point shot isn't there. But I will say for Seku, like this is if he is on the team, it's like do or die. Like if he can't beat out Trey Lyles, who from what I've read is not not the best player if he can't beat out Trey Lyles then I don't know if he should even be on the team so that's that's where I'm at with Seku for sure yeah I think I think that's where Troy Weaver's at with Seku too um we get we can move on from the Pistons obviously because yeah none of the signings were like super huge there have been some huge signings so obviously the Bulls are trying to make some interesting moves I think they did. They got Lonzo and 
DeRozan, I think both in sign and trades. Um, obviously they traded for Vucevic last season. So they kind of got like a, a weird squad going. Uh, the Lakers obviously trading for Westbrook. They've made a bunch of signings. Uh, yeah, the Philly signed Andre Drummond, who has massive beef with Joel Embiid. So they, they just made that signing too. I mean, what signings do you guys want to talk about? There, there's a there's a ton of them. Um, I think the Kyle Lowry one in Miami was huge because um, I think going into this free agency, I was thinking this whole time, like Miami has to make a move because as currently constructed, um, or I guess as they were previously constructed, um, I really didn't see them make any noise, even in the Eastern Conference, other than maybe at best reaching the second round. Um, and so I think the Lowry signing was big for them because I know he's getting up there in terms of age, but the type of leadership that Lowry brings will be huge for them. Um, and I do think he's a relatively big upgrade over Goran Dragic. And so uh, we'll see. I thought it was a good signing though. Um, trying to think though, going back to the Atlantic signing though, by the way, guys, um, I, I didn't know that Pistons had a team option for the third year. So I that actually kind of changes my view on that because when we first signed him, I was not happy at all. But I think when you look into him a little bit more, he's he's actually pretty solid. Like he averaged 19 points for the Rockets, which again, I think is kind of an empty stats case because, um, you know, the Rockets were just awful. And then on top of everything, Christian Wood got hurt. So he went from being a career 21, 22 minutes a game guy to I think he got like 32 minutes a game or something with Houston. Um, but one exciting thing about him, though, was that his efficiency actually increased because I think he shot 54% from the field um, and then 40% from three, which is pretty impressive. So, you know, I kind of actually I kind of like the deal now because um, it's just a two year deal. So hopefully they can do something in the free agency in two summers because they'll have a lot of cap space. Um, but yeah, I just want to touch on that real quick. Vinay, what do you think of the other free agency signings though? Yeah, just, uh, uh, with uh, Miami, I think they had a, they had a pretty interesting free agency. They also signed back Jimmy Butler to MPJ Tucker and Duncan Robinson. They're just re-signing everyone. So I think Miami is in a pretty good position to make a run in the East. I do worry though. And this is also something else we could talk about, um, is like with these contracts for like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and for Chris Paul, like is the value going to be there in three years time or four years in Jimmy Butler's case? So if we look at uh, Kyle Lowry, I think he's going to be like 38, 39 when his contract's up, Jimmy Butler is going to be 36 making 40 million. <laughs> and Chris Paul is also going to be making quite a, at like 40 years old, it's going to be making like almost 30. I, I think it was uh, four years, 120. So at $30 million a year, I do get, I do get kind of concerned about that, whether like these contracts will be move, movable. Cause we do know like, you know, as you age, you know, that athleticism is going to decrease, especially for players like Jimmy Butler, for example, who like who is a quite an athletic uh, player. So I do get concerned about that. But what do you guys what do you guys think about about that and the future for these contracts? So I think now they look good and maybe next year they'll be fine. But like in the long term game, it's quite the risk to take on these players for sure. Yeah, I think I think when you're a player's agent and you're, you have a guy like Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul. You want to look more at the longevity of the contract rather than maybe how much is worth. So maybe you're getting 
four, five, you know, four years rather than three. And you might be taking a little le- less of a, a, a look, sorry, you might be taking a little less money, but at the same time, you're still getting an extra year of guaranteed contract. I think that that's what you look at. And I think that's partially why Lowry went to Miami. I didn't think, uh, uh, they were going to, uh, the Toronto was going to pay them that much or pay. Sorry. My cat is in here. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't think, uh, Lowry was going to get that, uh, two years from, or sorry, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> going to get four years from Toronto, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyways, yeah. So the Lakers, the Lakers, um, they signed Malik Monk. Uh, I think a lot of people like that deal. Um, New Shams drop. Kendrick Nunn just signed to the Lakers for two years. We're ten million. Um, they they also just got Taylor Horton Tucker. They gave him three years, thirty two million. Um, so I mean, the Lakers are trying to get a squad back and build around Westbrook, AD, and LeBron. Um, where, where do you see them in the West? Obviously, AD was injured and LeBron was injured for part of the year. So, like, where, where do you see them? Do they get back up to the top of the West or are they still kind of in the middle of the pack? Yeah, no, it's funny because I think the signings that the Lakers have been making, it's like, it's like they're the retirement home for past Lakers, <laughs> bringing guys like Trevor Ariza, uh, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington too. Uh, so I just, I just found those signings pretty funny. I do think they are good signings. I, I think they've had a good offseason. Um, you know, obviously there's the question of the Westbrook fit um, because I'm not really sure how that's going to work in terms of how, where they're going to get shooting from. Um but I, I do think anytime you have LeBron and a guy like AD, you're going to be at the top of the conference so long as they stay healthy. Um, and so, I mean, we'll see. I'm not sure, though, that these new signings really help them a lot in terms of, you know, their starting lineup. But I do think, you know, getting a guy like Carmelo, um, you know, coming off the bench most likely, I think that's a pretty good signing. Trevor Ariza, although it seems like he's like 52 years old right now, uh, I do think he's, he's solid. He brings good experience. And then, you know, Dwight Howard gives them a little bit of depth up front. And so, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, but I do think if they stay healthy, they'll have a pretty good chance in the West. Um, there's always the question of the Warriors being fully healthy, though, and some other teams, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but, yeah, so – those are my kind of thoughts. Um, what are you thinking tonight? Yeah, no, I think the Lakers are, I think that they're pretty set. You know, the last uh, last year, the, real, the problem was obviously the Anthony Davis injury, but also like just like the core of players they had just wasn't, wasn't up to par to what they had last year. And also, I think it's also part of like the culture where we can get into uh, Andre Drummond. Uh, but, you know, a player like Andre Drummond for from what I've seen from like being a Pistons fan and just seeing him on the Cavs, he's not necessarily like the winning player. And I know like there was like a big, there was a big debate about Andre Drummond, you know, being the starting center. Uh, there was a, there's actually a huge debate about that because uh, they wanted to put Marc Gasol in the starting lineup but instead they went with Andre Drummond. So I think if you get all these uh, younger players, you know, not younger, what am I saying? Older players who, you know, been there, have done that. They have, 
they have championship experience, they can, you know, let go of their egos. I think that'll definitely help the Lakers. But like you said, like health as well for them, <laughs> they're not going to be, they're not going to make it far if AD LeBron or, or Westbrook is hurt. It's going to be, it's going to be tough for them. But I think it, I think now it gives LeBron flexibility to perhaps do some load management. You know, obviously he's getting older, older and older by the day. So I think getting him some help, you know, with Carmelo Anthony, getting him some ISO scores that can at least take off the load for him will be uh, really big for the Lakers for sure. Um, I guess in the meantime, though, we can talk about the Chicago Bulls free agency. You know, they, they did sign Lonzo Ball, like you mentioned, and DeMar DeRozan. And like they got Alex Caruso too. Don't forget Caruso, the former Laker. Do you guys see like the Bulls like now being a threat in the East? You guys like have any thoughts on the Bulls? No, I don't. I don't see it. I mean, they they have good players like Vucevic, Levine, Lonzo, DeRozan now, but none none of those guys are like superstars. Like all of those guys are like pretty good. They're like great players, but they're not elite players. And I think, yeah, you can get those guys for cheaper than elite level players, but you're just not going to get the same production. And I think that that's going to be their biggest problem. Obviously, I think they'll still make the playoffs. They'll be like, you know, six or seven seed, but I don't see them winning a playoff series. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I could see them making a jump similar to what New York did this past season. Um, cause I think they have a solid core. Um, and I, I do like Levine and Vucevic. I think those two guys are solid though. I know it didn't really work out like the bulls were expecting last year. Um, but I could see them making a jump to being like a five seed. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think at best they somehow managed to get out of the first round, but I don't think they can actually compete, you know, with the, top of the, the East, you know, in terms of Brooklyn, Milwaukee, um, even Philadelphia, I don't think they can really compete with those teams. Um, and so we'll see. And the other question with them also is the fit with DeMar DeRozan. Cause I mean, Lonzo's not a shooter. He is getting better to be fair, you know, ever since his rookie season, but he's not really a shooter. DeMar DeRozan is definitely not a shooter. Um, Vucevic, not really. He's more of your old school big. Um, and so Levine is honestly the only shooter that they have probably in their starting lineup other than, you know, we'll see who they put at the four. And so I'm not really sure how that fit's going to work. Um, we'll see. Cause I mean, Levine scores in bunches regardless. And so you can always depend on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say, but I think I kind of agree at best they make the playoffs as a five seed or something. So, yeah. Yeah, I sure. think I think I think uh, the Lonzo Ball signing was kind of surprising just because of how well Kobe White was playing and he was kind of you know you know fitting into the starting lineup with them and he w- he was doing pretty well and he was he was getting better and better as the season progressed and I think I think that's just a weird signing because you have a young guard on a rookie contract and then you go and sign a dude for like four years 82 million and I just I thought that was kind of a weird signing but yeah I mean I don't know I don't I don't hate it but I just don't think they'll be like really good but I also want to talk about this how do you guys feel 
about Philly is still shopping Ben Simmons and wants four first round picks for for him. Like, what what are they doing? Is is this like what are they smoking? Like, <laughs> let's get into that. No, they're they're definitely smoking some booth, but no, uh, no, I think uh, that's how that's how Daryl Morey is. Like, um, I I know a lot of people. I've like read a lot about how Daryl Morey. You know, he really tries to lowball teams. He or not lowball. He really just tries to give outrageous offers and then go from there. So I think that's what they're doing. You know, they're keeping this the selling price high because you know when you're trading a player like Ben Simmons and you want value back, you can't. I guess you can't like you know let your competition see your weak. So you always want to be demanding more, but. Let's be, I don't, I don't know if Philly can get an all-star player that they're looking for. Philly's in one of those weird situations, unlike Washington, where I don't think they can afford to blow it up. With Washington, they need to move, trade back Bradley, because he's a free agent. Bradley Beal's going to leave him free agent. They need to trade Bradley Beal and then just, like, you know, rebuild. But the with the 76ers, you know, they have Joel Embiid, who's, like, an MVP-level player. And you, you had Ben Simmons, who, like, you know, on paper looked really good and they looked like they could actually, you know, they could have gone to the finals this year, you know, had Ben Ben Simmons been able to shoot. So I'm not sure who that all-star player is. I think the only really player they can really, I guess, try to get is probably Damian Lillard. They can make a run if um, if Lillard does want out. But like, I mean, it's not like CJ McCollum's going to move the needle. I don't think like a player like Pascal, maybe Pascal Siakam, but like, I don't know what the six, it's a kind of a tricky situation for them. It's, they, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Ben Simmons comes back to the team, although that's, it's been reported they've still been shopping him. But yeah, no, what do you guys think about Simmons? Yeah, I mean, so here's one thing I'll say with Ben Simmons, because I'm not a Ben Simmons fan by any mean, um, means, but uh, I think part of the reason why so many fans think that he just absolutely sucks is because he's had these crazy high expectations ever since he was drafted in I think it was 2016 or something. Um, Cause people were saying back then that he was the next LeBron just because of his all around game, you know, his passing uh, and his defense too. But so I do think it's possible for him to be a good player. Like people need to realize that, that he's, he's still a good player. Um, obviously there's a big hole in his game, but I think, you know, right now he's, you know, an all-star, I would say he's, he's nowhere near a superstar by any means. Um, but I do think Maury's asking price of a young, um, a young star and then three first round picks or whatever. That's just, <laughs> that's wild. But I do think I could see them getting, you know, a solid young player, maybe in a first round pick. Um, and it's, it's just tough because I think Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, they need to be trying to compete right now. And so I think if you get someone like Lillard, great, you know, obviously, you know, go after that, but I'm not sure that they'll be able to do that with the guys that they have. Um, and so, and I, I also don't think they should just run it back with Simmons and Embiid because I don't think that really gets you anywhere, especially with Brooklyn, you know, and the three, the three guys that they have. And so we'll see, I could see them maybe trading Tobias Harris, by the way, I think that could maybe make sense. If you can't trade Simmons, you got to do something. So maybe trade Tobias Harris just to bring in a new face. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough because Ben Simmons value has obviously just plummeted like the last year or two. So yeah. What do you think, Aiden? Yeah, I think, I think if you ask for four first round picks for Ben Simmons um, before last year, or even before the playoffs, um, people wouldn't look at you crazy, but obviously it was on full display how 
like how how like little of a threat he is on offense in terms of scoring um and he just yeah he can't shoot foul shots he doesn't really sh- look to shoot at all um but i think i think a team will take a chance on him i think a team that has has shooting around him uh I, I don't want to say the Pistons, but I do think like a team that ha- like the Pistons who have positionless basketball or at least want to play positionless basketball that have gotten a bunch of shooters around them. Um, I mean, obviously, OKC has Kemba Walker, which I'm guessing they'll deal him eventually, at least by the end of the season. And I think they would take a chance on Simmons and give them Kemba and some of their picks because obviously Sam Presti has a fair share of picks. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think he'll be, he'll get dealt eventually though, but I, I don't think he'll be as bad as he was in the playoffs this year. I think he'll be a lot better on a different team. Um, but like you said about Tobias Harris, I think you bring up a good point that if they don't trade him, I think Tobias Harris is gone because I think he just run, he's just run his course because he's good at a lot of things, but he's not really elite at one certain like part of his game. Like he's not an elite shooter or elite defender. He's just kind of a good all around player. But um, I do want to talk about some of the summer league stuff coming up with the Pistons too. So. Isaiah Livers and Isaiah Stewart are both sitting out of the summer league team. I think they announced, but Killian, Sadiq Bay, Cade, all, all those other guys, they're playing. Um, obviously, they have a pretty good squad. Like half of their half of their actual roster is on this team. Um can they can they win the summer league? Like, should we should we be excited for summer league basketball and like actually trying to win this thing, or should we just be like, yeah, I want to see development rather than winning? I mean, they've got to be one of the favorites, like if not the favorite. I'm I'm actually not too familiar with the other teams around the league and their young core, so maybe there is they may have a young core that's better. And honestly, with summer league, like. Most of the players uh, in the summer league that ball out, you know, a player that comes to mind, Kyle Kuzma, MVP. Summer. So, like, most of the – no shade to Kyle Kuzma. But, you know, most of the players, they're, like, playing for, like, to just stay in the NBA. Like, if you look at the rosters of the summer league, a lot of those players just want to be in the league. And they're fighting for contracts 10 days. So, I guess in that way, we don't – we shouldn't be expecting the favorites because, you know, other teams may be more hungry. But I'm very excited to see – Cade, Killian, Sadiq, and also like we mentioned, uh, we mentioned Seku. Seku is apparently also playing in the summer league. So from him, I need to see him take over and be the best, be one of the better players on the floor. You know, it's do or die with uh, Seku. And with Cade, I just want to see, I actually just want, finally just want to see Cade Cunningham play. You know, I just need to see a couple of things. You know, if the shot is there, you can just play make uh, for other teammates. That would be great. The Pistons do play the Houston Rockets in the second game, I believe. So if maybe we can get like a Kate Cunningham block on Jalen Green, you know, that would definitely boost that would definitely boost my ego with the pick. And then for Killian, for Killian Hayes, I think he needs to uh we want to see the shot there. You know, he played, he was like very bad. Like he was probably one of the worst guards, I think, like statistically in his first seven games. But then when he came back, you saw the flashes, the passing and everything. It looked 
it looked like he was getting good. He had a really good game against the Bulls when he had like 27, 7, and 8. So just seeing him getting more comfortable, hopefully, you know, he can finish around the rim, get the shot back. He's been working with John Beeline, but yeah, definitely excited for summer league. What do you, what do you think about it, Neil? Oh, I'm definitely excited. You know, I think it's one of the few times we get to see the Pistons compete for something, right? So I'm very excited. I think it's going to be interesting to watch Killian and Cade play together. Um, and because that's going to be very important for the Pistons to see because, you know, I think in an ideal world, they would play those guys as combo guards and put them each in the backcourt at the same time. Um, but there is a possibility that it doesn't work out. I think it will just because of the way that Cade plays. But if it doesn't, you know, then you have to put Killian and Cade in different lineups throughout the game, which would be really unfortunate because you're not able to utilize both of their games. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to watch. I think in general, it's going to be a very important summer league for Killian Hayes because he didn't get that last year. And so that's one thing that I tell a lot of people right now is like, Sure, you know, he didn't have a great rookie season, but I don't think a good rookie season could have been expected, frankly, of anyone other than the top three picks, just because, I mean, they didn't have a summer league. Their training camp was, I think, two weeks shorter than it usually is, and it was so rushed right after the draft. And so, I don't know, I think this is finally the chance for Killian to actually work on his game a little bit more before the season, really get that development in. And same thing with Seiku, by the way this is the summer that like in the summer league that they need to really dominate because the competition that they're going to be going against is just not NBA, you know, NBA type of team competition. And so, um, yeah, another guy to look out for, by the way, is Dividas Servidas, I think is his name. He was our second round pick from like 2019, maybe 2018, I want to say. Um, and so he didn't really get that much playing time, but I remember this past season, he'd get like two minutes of playing time every game, but he would just hit a three every mm-hmm. single time. Yeah. <laughs> and so that'll be cool to see him getting more playing time. I know they just caught him, but they did say that he's actually playing on the summer league team. So that's good to see. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I think they can definitely compete. Uh, they have a fantastic roster. Definitely the best Pistons summer league roster I've ever seen. Um, so yeah. What do you think, Aiden? Yeah, I mean, now that the summer league has completely moved to Vegas because uh, there's no longer longer an Orlando summer league, so we get to compete against a lot of other teams. I think you bring up a good point about Killian. Obviously, he did have that hip surgery or some type of like surgery around like hip or like like waist area. I think uh, giving him just more playing time. Will, will help him a lot and like you said just get it getting to know the fit between Kay Cunningham and Killian Hayes is really crucial um for the future um not only like this season but the next few seasons especially if Killian doesn't work out or doesn't really fit that well um getting him uh as much value or you know getting him to his highest value before you know probably dumping him because you want to keep Cade or if Cade sucks which I don't think will happen but you know um but yeah I think getting a fit but there's obviously a lot of talent on that roster and I think that's the biggest thing we've talked about about the Pistons is just getting talent on the team is the most important part right now and then you can just figure it out later um as things go along but uh, 
but yeah, I, I really think they, they should be competing for this summer league. They, yeah, they start off with OKC. I think it's on Sunday and then they play, uh, Houston on Tuesday, the 10th. Um, those are the first two games for them. And both of those will be on, or the first one will be on ESPN two. And then the Rockets one will be on ESPN. So all eyes will be watching Kay Cunningham. Um, and then also Jalen green, but yeah. Uh, so, so summer league, obviously, and then the, the season starts, do we want to do some early bold predictions or like early, early predictions for how well the Pistons are going to be? Do they make a plan? Do they make the playoffs at all? Where, where are they at? Especially after all of these free agent signings, uh, the past 40 or 24 hours. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. I think they'll they'll surprise some people. Uh, I've been I've been saying this team is probably a 36 win team, <laughs> a solid 36 win team. And if that gets you the 10 seed to play in, then so be it. Uh, you know, the thing is, last year our record may have not been that good, but um, if you actually like watch the games, like a lot of them were close. And we honestly, if like if those games went our way, like we would not be with Kay Cunningham. We would likely just we would actually maybe even be competing for the plan. So I definitely think this team was better than their record and. I hopefully hopefully we're not in a position where we're like um, where we're tanking and the young guys are playing, but it's also the vets are contributing and it's not like we just need to like tank, tank, tank. So I think this team will compete at least for the 10 seed playing. I'm not expecting too much. I do hope Kay Cunningham does have a rookie of the year uh, season. I think I think he'll be I think he'll have the green light to do so. And um, yeah, I'm very excited. I did also want to say. One rookie in this draft class who I think is going to have a really good career, an underrated career, Zaire Williams. I put him in my lottery at 14. He went number 10. That's my bold prediction. Zaire Williams ends up becoming, I'm going to say, an all-star. That's my that's my bold prediction for him in his career. What do y'all, do y'all got bold predictions for that? Jeez, all-star for Zaire Williams. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with the Pistons projection that you had. I think, honestly, it's kind of, the Pistons are in a good spot right now where, you know, whatever happens, you could honestly like say it's a good thing. So if they don't play that well, like that's okay. Cause then they'll get another great pick. And so I do also think like if someone gets hurt, if K gets hurt, that's not even that bad of a thing in terms of, again, getting number or high pick. And so, cause I think the next year's draft class is, you know, kind of stacked. So we'll see, but I do think if everyone stays healthy, I, I could see the Pistons being like, you know, at best like an eight, seven seed, but I think in all likelihood it'll probably be like a 10 or 11 seed. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, like you said, I want to see Cade putting up some big numbers. I think he will. I guess my bold prediction will be, I think Cade's um, stat line at the end of the year will be 18 points. I'm going to go with seven assists and six rebounds. Uh, I think he has that type of like all around triple double threat um in his game so we'll see i also i really want to see killian hayes develop that's that's huge for detroit so what do you think aiden yeah though yeah those are two pretty good bold predictions um yeah like you said neil you can't really go wrong in this because you either get another lottery pick or you jump to the playoffs and you're already you know looking high um 
with that with this team um but yeah i think i think around the 10 11 range i still think they need some more depth um especially especially in the backcourt i think they do i do i think they do need a lot more shooting um but yeah i think if they improve i think killian um improves his shooting they'll be all right uh i do think that isaiah stewart will have like a like a breakout year and like be good all year i think he could be like first or not not first team all nba defense but he could be like second team all nba defensively i think he's that good um i think sadiq bay will he he'll probably put up same numbers but he'll also he'll also have a bigger role just in terms of like the team as a whole by getting more minutes and everything um but i don't know I'm trying to think of a bold prediction. Um, I think I think Moses Moody. I've talked about this already. I I really like Moses Moody. I think he'll probably be like he'll he'll be a big part of Golden State this year. And I think Golden State will be a top three seed in the West. Um, even if Clay isn't healthy, I I think that highly of them still. Um, especially with Wiseman coming back. But yeah. Um, do you guys have any finishing remarks before summer league starts and the rest of free agency goes on? Yeah, I just have just a couple. So first of all, let's pray for a healthy summer league. Like let's pray for a healthy summer league. Please God forbid any injuries. And also, uh, I just want to also give a quick shout out, rest in peace to Tyler, not rest in peace. I guess use better phrasing, but rip Tyler cook. You know, I felt so bad when he was like congratulating Luca Garza for coming and he's like, we're going to treat you right in Detroit. And then we just wave him. Um, that was really, that was really hard to see that. So I, hopefully he has a really good NBA career. And honestly, the Pistons bring him back, you know, they wave, Dave Dasservitas and they waived uh, Corey Joseph and they brought him back. So maybe Tyler could come back, come back to the G League team. But yeah, no, I felt really bad for Tyler Cook for sure. Those are my final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much sad, but yeah, that's a good point with Tyler Cook because um, I saw that and I was also really sad because he had a cool story last year of going from wasn't he with the Thunder? I want to say. Um, yeah, he was just G League and then yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, then we brought him up, and he actually looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add. Um, I think the storylines for the NBA offseason will continue to be very interesting because also Kawhi, we still don't he, he still doesn't announce anything yet. I don't think. Um, and honestly, there's not really many many reports out there, which is also kind of a Kawhi Leonard thing to do. Um, but we'll see. In all likelihood, he probably comes back to the Clippers. Um, but I think it'll be an interesting season. Um, again, I think I'm excited for the summer league because I actually think we definitely can win it. Um, and yeah, I think that K Jalen green matchup is going to be really, really cool to watch in the second week of summer league. So yeah, that's it for me though. Um, I just want to finish it by saying that I'm team Woj. I'm not team Shams. Uh, Woj is the original, uh, news dropper for for the league um but yeah i don't really have anything else besides that um thank you neil for coming on the pod first guest yeah thank you um, you're welcome anytime yeah. for sure yeah, yeah thanks for having me this was fun yeah for sure and we'll probably see you all next week 
um, to talk about some summer league stuff and some more free agency. And then we could get into some predictions for the season and some awards for the season. Sure. Are y'all? Peace.